No, I'm good. Proceed to check out. <laughs> I already forgot that shit. It already leaked out my brain hole. Can you go on to your fake news.com? <laughs> Hold on, let me get the president of Hollywood on the phone. Yeah, get this going, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Getting lathered up for this one. Mouth open, drooling Neanderthal befuddlement. We're gonna start shooting kangaroos now. All right. Hi, buddy. How's it going? <laughs> Another day in paradise. Uh huh. Yep. Well, for the first time in about a week and a half, I actually got a little bit of sleep last night, so. Actually going pretty good. And by pretty good night's sleep, is that, what, five hours? Oh, f- five hours, to- and, and not even in a row. Just a couple hours, wake up, dogs, pee. Uh, the dog situation has been a little different here in the last week or so because of... Scotchy's here. Good boy. He's uh, our oldest dog. He's 12. Yorkie Shih Tzu. It's pretty old for a small dog. And he, uh, the other day, he was very lethargic, and wife was freaking out. It was a Sunday. It was like, do we have to take him to doggo emergency room just because he's lazy? I, he's not whining. He's not whimpering. Like, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, so we waited to check him out till Monday morning, and then she was like, I still, I still think we should go. I was like, I took him in, and... Uh, uh, he has an enlarged heart and a heart murmur and congestive heart failure. That's so, not good. That's not no. good. Uh, so we got to do these twice a day p- pills for him uh, for the rest of his life. And he could be around for another couple years or it could be, he could die right now. That's basically where we're at. Hey. hey. Which is a bummer, but I mean, he's... Like 87 in human years. What are you going to do? Yeah. And he's got that big bear that you guys have to contend with. Yeah. Just running him over all the time. And I started trying to fix some of that. Um, going to get that one in line because I'm tired of it. Just whenever we go to let her in or out, she has to go in at top speed. Like she'll sit out in the yard. Just like, come here, come here, come here, come here. And she won't move. Until you get that door just open enough. Come on! And then she takes off running. And go, comes in just full speed. And it's the same one leaving. She doesn't care if there's dogs, like, right there at the door. Boom, 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 boom. It's like... Asshole. But... Is what it is. I only get to deal with that for another decade or so. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, you're stuck with that big beast. Oh, thank God that we don't have dogs. Or cats. Or any animal. Oh, thank God. Well, it wouldn't be a problem if they were... Not all gigantic idiots, so... Yeah. But I can't blame her for this one. I can oh. blame her for the last one, uh, getting killed, but uh, not this one. But uh, I'm putting a stop to that. Each time I call one of the little dogs over, or they want to go outside, and I'm going to hook them up, and she comes and bowls me over, and bowls the dog over, and runs out. Oh, and, mm-hmm. oh I stopped her last time, and she was not... She actually flinched for once. <laughs> And the other times that I've let her know who's in charge, she just looks at me and wags her tail and opens her <laughs> This is fun! What are we doing? Like, uh, but anyway. So I think she's starting to learn. Ah, huh. didn't like that. 
That that wasn't fun. Yeah. But uh anyway. That's about the low point of uh my week. I mean, I it sucks that um I mean, the vet herself said this is the beginning of the end. Oh, man, really? Yeah, which is a bummer, but um I even suggested cuz originally uh, like they had the my wife had the dog before we were even married. And it, so it came from her and her parents' house. And I even suggested, look, if, if he does, like this me- medicine might make him more lethargic because it's like blood thinner and stuff. And he just spends all his time avoiding big dog going from under the table to cor- uh, corner cushion to other corner cushion, you know, to just get away, get me away from this dog. Yeah. I said, if that continues, maybe he should just go to the retirement home. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, well, both your parents are retired. They have one outdoor cat or something. Let him go there. He he grew up there. Let him go there. They can give him the pills. I'll even pay for the pills. I'm not trying to get rid of him, but if it's a, a peaceful uh, environment for him, you know, for however long he's still with us, you're there a couple times a week because of work. The kids are there a couple times a week because of babysitting. It's not like they're not, nobody's going to see him or nothing. Uh, but I would rather have his, his remaining days be peaceful instead of trying to constantly get away from this behemoth uh, of a, a train just chasing him around all the time. But that's just me. And how is, does the other dog, uh, is... She the... doesn't really mess with him or anything. I mean, she r- runs over and will sniff his butt every now and then, but that, I mean, she's not like knocking him over or, or you know, pushing him out of the way to get food, or she doesn't do anything like that. I mean, there she's still, let's see, she is a good amount heavier than him, but she's not much taller. She's just longer and wider. So she doesn't mess with him. Okay. Uh, how are you? <laughs> you, you, st- you still look just tired. <laughs> oh, I, I feel much better than I did. Well, I had the meeting this morning. Excuse me. And I, it's my camera angle. I can't get it right. I'm constantly looking down. Oh, yeah. You had your 6 a.m. meeting, didn't you? This morning, yeah. Oh, I, well, I mean, usually, usually last... that's awful. Oh, yeah, but I slept last night. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe it's because the last week it was a 5.30 a.m. meeting over at the shop, so I had to get up at, but I had to be there at 5, so I had to get up at 4.15. Oh. And then I was anxious about that, like, all week, so I didn't sleep most of the week. And uh, trust me, I feel a lot better than I did that last week. Last week was rough. It was a good thing we didn't record. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I was just anxious and miserable and, uh, and I don't know why. It didn't even have anything. It wasn't even my meeting or anything. Uh, I mean, like, I didn't have to run it or nothing. Just as, it's the way it is. I'm, I'm no good before 6 a.m. Barely good at 6 a.m. And just, that's my time to sleep. And, you know, I thought about your sleeping habits and how you always complain about being on the treadmill at 5 a.m. And I'm like, yeah, but you could set the world's clocks by Eugene going to bed at 1023 in the evening. So if you're sleeping from then till five, you're good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I try to average six, six hours a night and that's pretty good, <laughs> I think. Oh, last week I had one night where I had two. The next night I had three. The next night I had three. Like, I was sick. I was sick most of the week just because I had no sleep. And like this weekend, uh, one night I couldn't sleep and dogs were all over the place. And part of it's the weather, too. It's been so fucking hot 
that yeah. even the air conditioner can't even barely keep up. And then my wife is cold and will come change the thermostat. And I'm like, it's only 70 degrees, man. Put on a blanket. And then I'm hot and then I can't sleep. And <sighs> Cycle, repeat, cycle, repeat, cycle, repeat. Yep. But then, you know, the weather cools off like it has in the last day or two. And like today, it's awesome out. It's nice and chill and breezy and... I love. I'm glad it's been raining. We needed it. Yeah, I agree. I our our air conditioner up here sometimes can't keep up either, and so we actually we have to have the windows like the blinds down, and we you know we were like kids. You cannot be running in and out of the house all the time. You cannot be doing that. Yeah, because it's just letting in this humid air, and yeah. So oh, I can Wait. barely breathe the last couple of days. Oh, I know. Outside. Ah, speak. Your turn. Something. Um, what are you I'm doing? Just, I, I'm shopping right <laughs> Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm wanting to get some 4K, uh, some black 4K Blu-ray cases because the, I'm not sure if you've heard, but this actually ties in with movies. The first four Star Trek movies are going to be remastered and released on 4K UHD. And the packaging for them is... Eh... So I have a friend of mine that he made custom covers, like from the original theatrical prints, whatever. They look gorgeous. And so I'm going to print those off at Office Max for a couple bucks. And then I'm going to get some black 4K cases. And when the discs come in, which this isn't going to be released until I think September, then I'll put the remastered Blu-ray and the 4K disc in these nice cases instead of the funky looking deals. I saw that was coming out, but I also saw Demons 1 and 2 were coming out 4K. Yep. Oh, I got that pre-ordered. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you bought Demons? I have Demons. I have What's that. going on outside the window? Cause... Well, a couple of the neighbor kids are out scooting around on their little scooters with the dog. There they go. Yeah, I thought they were going to show up at our house, but I'm like, ah, 9.13 in the morning. That's pretty early. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah. So where was I? <laughs> Demons 4K. Oh yeah. So I've got. Um, I seriously, Demons one and two. I own the only other movie that I can think of that I own more copies of than that might be Lucio Fulci's Zombie or Silent Night Deadly Night. I own so many versions, and like most of the previous versions that I own are worth a lot of money. Like they go out of print, and while the transfers are better, the packaging is obsolete and it's really cool like arrow released it synopsis released it and it's like they're like limited already so even those that don't have as good a picture quality i'm like they still are worth a ton of money uh so yay for me (laughs) (laughs) and your Um, multiple copies oh yeah but um anyway so i'm excited about the whole star trek thing because i when i saw the packaging i'm like it was very white, wasn't it? Yeah, and I'm like, but these the the, the ones that these that this guy came up with, they look they look so good because they're the original theatrical covers. Yeah, but then he has cool looking backs to them, and they look legit. So it's odd that um, and there's different reasons why people are saying that different theories as to why Paramount's releasing one through four, not like one through six, than the next gen movies. Uh, they're like, well, they're gonna. One through four, and then five, six, and seven, which is generations is seven, and I'm, they're like that's the 
that finishes off the original cast. Shatner. Anything with the original people, yeah. Yeah. And then you got the last three movies. And it's almost like then they can they can get you to buy it three different times. And then they'll come out with the big, huge box, box set. set. Yep. Uh, but I guess I'm not sure if you heard, but um, uh, Paramount Plus is going to be releasing. They're working on it now. So the 4K version that's coming out in September. Oh, Shut your up! dogs can rot in that. Well, your schedule can rot in hell. Then nah, we're going, let's not fine. do this at this time of the day. For uh, get shit's your dog sake. out of the house. Uh, what am I going to do with them? They'll go outside and bark. Get a Snoopy house. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll stop. You'll still hear them out there barking. Yeah. Um, so Star Trek The Motion Picture is... The original one is going to be um, released theatrical version on disc. And then Paramount's working on the uh, director's cut. The actual director's cut. Which is shorter, right? Yeah, it's shorter. With mm. better special effects. But I guess they're redoing the special effects again. And that comes out in eight months, maybe, uh, on Paramount Plus. And then it'll come out on disc. And then it, I see where this is going. Multiple, multiple releases on disc that this set's going to get. But at least it's getting finally remastered. Um, so. And then I noticed that, uh, they're, they're keeping, which is still really, really good on the original Blu-rays, which are getting at this point, they're old. But they're using the same sound that they used on those. And it's like, that's like 13-ish years ago. Hey, how's it going? No. Good. How about yourself? <laughs> and he blames me for this. <laughs> he blames me for this. Nope. Not taking the blame. This or nothing, folks. It is this or nothing. In the hierarchy of things, karate here, which is up. And... This thing down, down, da down, da down, down, da down. <laughs> oh, when he sits back, you just know he's. Yeah, you grease him up, you train him, and then you kick him out the door, out of the dungeon. It sounds like. So now we got an orange. I would can only imagine what the orange thing looks like. But it does work. I'm sure it. A couple double A batteries on that orange one, and it fires up just fine. Yeah, lots of dudes, hair, hairy, orange batteries. We we uh we record when Eugene wants to, ladies and gentlemen. This is when he wants to. Yeah, it's right, right in the this, middle of the workday. So. It's this or nothing, folks. Yeah, because he is he's full up. Yep, all his oh, time am, is accounted for. Yeah, I am. Filled to the brim with, <laughs> with just goodness. sitting in the corner jerking off playing oh, video games. Nothing. <laughs> sitting in his window with his binoculars, watching the neighbors. Yeah, there's the TV is turned off right now. There's nothing on. Although I will say that one of my neighbors they took off uh, and then they immediately quick came back and you can always tell like oh they're going fast they forgot something so that's kind of the excitement so then the then. Quick runs into the house. I'm like, oh, I've been there, done that. This so. is what he does, folks. This is this, while he's giving me crap about working. This is what he's, this is what oh, he's doing. Oh, just talking about orange dildos. Oh, no, I don't uh, want to hear about that stuff. Then then make a better time for us to record. <laughs> That's not during the middle of the workday. How about that? No. Nah, I ain't got no time for you. So <laughs> it's, it is, 
It is. I'm all. I'm booked up. Oh, you're so full of shit. <laughs> I am filled to the brim. No, not even close. Just, oh, you know, some of us can see your Facebook posts about what you're up to. Just filled. Just, just time. It's on Eugene's side. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And the rest of you will all bow before it. Uh, anyway, uh, what were you talking about? Star, uh, Star Trek, Paramount. Have you yeah. got a Paramount subscription? No. I don't intend to either. I don't eat, I, no. I, I can't, I, I just, I wonder what the numbers are for something like that. Like, I'm sure that HBO Max is doing good, but Paramount, like, what, what do you have to offer? I, you got the SpongeBob movie right now and you're gonna have Top Gun after a while. Like, I don't think it's day and date release, so it's like, what are you, what are you offering? They got the new stand. Oh, yeah, and I guess I guess they got the Star Trek stuff. They got Picard and the other the new Star Trek show, which is thought, good. Wasn't that CBS mm. or is there are they both? That was CBS, and I don't know. Did they merge? I have I, no idea. I, I thought Picard was with Paramount, but I don't. Okay. Yeah, you could I'm be right. Kidding. I don't know. No, yeah, me either. I'll wait till it's done yeah. and buy it on me uh, physical. Yeah, and even Star Trek, like I want like the director's cut. But I'm not going to subscribe to Paramount Plus. No. No. I'll buy that for sure. And same with Top Gun. We're seeing that in the theater. I'm. Yeah. No. Do we have a date on that yet? I, I mean, it's nothing is locked in for sure, but supposedly it's, I think it's October. But I know that it's that Ghostbusters and James Bond are kind of the three biggies that they're finally going to release this winter, unless Delta starts up and they, whatever. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, me too. Don't get me started. They're going to come to your house and jam needles in your arms and steal your guns and your Bibles at the same time. Did you see that? That guy said that on stage? That that's that's what they were doing at that CPAC or whatever convention? I try to avoid all of that. I do too, but I stumbled across it. He's like, yep, that Fauci and his vaccine it's, uh, they're gonna be coming door to door like biden said and it's gonna be the perfect chance for them to take your guns and your bibles at the same time good literally said that on stage in front of and like they believe thousands. it they believe yeah they it. do they all cheered they're like yeah boo ah. i <sighs> you got to be mentally deficient to to believe yeah. that kind of stuff whatever I... okay we got to get on with movies because we got a top 10 and that always eats up so much time oh yeah anything else yeah. done uh anything else you want to gripe about no, I'm good. <laughs> oh, we know. I'd Proceed done. to check out. <laughs> All right. I'm Merrick. And I'm Eugene. And here's the roulette. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And on this episode of the roulette, it is the Revenger up against Don't Listen. And you're up first, sir. Tell me about Don't Listen. And I won't. Okay. Oh, let's type it in now. We just had a 15-minute <laughs> break. I just had to purchase those. <laughs> Don't... What was it? Listen. Uh, he cares about you, listener. He cares about you. Man, you guys are great. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, let's see here. Um... Here it is. <laughs> See, now you got me all. 
Oh, it's uh, me. It's me oh, that's got you all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Daniel and Sarah have a nine-year-old son, Eric, with a C, and they've just moved to a new home, not knowing the neighbors call it the House of the Voices. Eric is the first one to notice the odd noises behind each door. Uh, this is a Spanish movie from 2020, and um, most of the way through, I'm like, this is very roulette and then they actually do a pretty harsh twist on it. I'm like, oh, all right. You're kind of changing things up a little bit, making things a little bit different for, from what I was expecting from the typical jump scary type horror movie. And I, that definitely elevated this movie because they, they kind of went there with, they did something that you normally would not typically see. And I was impressed by that because so often these movies just, they're just, they're fine, but cookie cutter type horror movies. Uh, even a little bit gory, if I remember correctly. And I would probably watch this again at some point. It was, I mean, it's, this is, this isn't, I don't know, that, that, how they went with the third act, uh, where they usually botch it up here. I'm like, that definitely elevated things to where, yep, that was, Definitely worth the watch, if not even more so. Um, good acting for the most. I mean, none of this is like theatrical level to me, but it was good for what it was. So good enough you might purchase one day, but not seek out a special black V uh, 4K cover. No, this is not 4K black cover. No, uh, but no, I was impressed. It was, it was fine. Um, Yep. So I, I picked yeah. good. All you right. Did, you did. You did. Oh, worldwide gross 440. So obviously this did get a theatrical release of some sort. It didn't do well, but do I'm, we do even really uh, account for that in 2020? Any, I, that's when true. it comes to 2020 releases, I don't even, I just throw my hands up too. Just, uh, yeah. I would bet that this got a release elsewhere in the world. And as with United States, everything was shut down. So it, it, who knows that number might actually be good for this. Uh, yeah, in 2020. But there you go. Uh, okay. Worth a watch for sure. On my side, the Revenger. Mike Teller, with the help of Harry Crawford, must retrieve Mike's wife, Lisa, from the clutches of Jack Fisher over a matter of $500,000. Stars Oliver Reed, Frank Zagarino, and Jeff Celentano. Uh, hit play on this one. I, this was a VHS pull, but then I always kind of, well, let's see if it's anywhere on the Roku. And if you do a Roku search for any movie, it'll show you if it's playing on any of the free apps. And it was playing on some free app that I didn't even have. So I, I'll just watch it that way. And it was amusing, but it was not something that I would recommend. I'll hold on to the VHS tape just because it's a quality of bad that... We get a kick out of. It's full, pretty full Mystery Science Theater, hmm. 1990, direct-to-video kind of thing that, uh, cops and action and da, 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 nah, it's not, it's not that good. Uh, stars Oliver Reed? No. He shows oh, up for a couple he... scenes. He's in a couple scenes here and there as like the mob boss or the cop boss. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, but you, it's one of those that you can tell within 10 minutes. Oh, this is one of those that's just like a couple steps above trauma. Just, just <laughs> right, right above there, uh, with the way the but the way the lighting was done and all that stuff, it, it was funny and 
alright, now I'm the bad guy, or I'm the badass cop, and let me whip out my gun, and you know the drill. So basically, this is, was he like the Tom size more of this movie where, let's get him in for a day or two? No, I, I think it was more than that. Like, I, because he had a presence there. Okay. It didn't feel like a cameo or an extended cameo or one of those kind of weekend or week. Yeah. He was in there and he popped up at different locations at different times of the movie that you could tell, okay, this was a different day. That was a different day. Uh, so, uh, okay. But first build on the docket, he was the big get for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, but stars? Yeah, it was still cool seeing him, but just everything about it was generic. Fine, I've I've had way worse. Uh, it's yeah. it's one thing to be mediocre in in the VHS world, and better to be that than just uh, it, like awful. I'm getting rid of you. There's been a couple this year. Uh, okay, let's go on to the next round. Uh, okay, first up, we have these are all on Shutter. Uh, they had a slew of new releases, so I'm like, okay, let's get some of these checked off the list. First up is a movie called Horsehead from 2014. Uh, let's see here. Fantasy horror mystery. Since her childhood, Jessica has been haunted by recurring nightmares whose meaning escapes her. This peculiarity, this weird thing has led her to peculiarity? study... Peculiarity? Yeah, something like that. Has led her to study, <laughs> to study the... the Psychophysiology, ooh, I got that one right, of dreams and to follow a therapy with Sean, her mentor and boyfriend, to try to understand the origin of her nightmares. Following the, de- this is giving away the whole movie. Okay, anyway. Um, next up is The Retreat from 2020. Uh, horror mystery. A man finds himself alone and lost after a horrifying encounter with a monster during a backpacking trip into the Sounds like a 2020 premise. One yep. guy wandering the woods. Yeah, um, in the woods. Now he must fight for his life and sanity as he battles an evil, an evil Native American legend, the Wendigo. Oh, not that shit again. And then lastly, we have Vicious Fun from 2020, hour and 41 minutes. Joel, a caustic 1980s film critic for a national horror magazine, finds himself unwittingly trapped in a self-help group for serial killers. With no other choice, Joel attempts to blend in or risk becoming the next victim. I'm like, oh, that's going to be a horror comedy. That, no, no. I'm agreeing with you, but I'm yeah. also... Okay, okay, on my side, we got a couple repeats here that have been here before, but I... Can't help it. I mean, look at this cover. I mean, this is dope. Abel Dang. Ferreira's Dangerous Game. Original Director's Cut version. Mm. Harvey Keitel, Madonna, James Russo. Crime thriller. We've talked about it before. Uh, he finds himself entangled in this terrifying trap. One of the fantasy world of film becomes a haunting reality. That sounds cool. I'm, that's why I keep throwing it up. I want to see it. I just can't get away from some good <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. Don't talk to strangers. Action. Suspense thriller with more twists and turns than a backwoods moonshine route. That's what the Hollywood Reporter says. It's a good times tape. And it used to belong to Bonnie Bills. And she wrote her name twice on the cover and twice on the tape. Oh, good, good. Just to make sure. Just to make sure. Uh, But lastly, this is a new one. Uh, This is a... RCA Columbia release. I gotta try and get oh, some of man. these off my shelf. Uh, 
The Big, the big chill. chill. That's something I've never seen that. I've never seen it either, and I've heard lots of people talk about it. Uh, this compassionate coming, uh, comedy of values probes the growing pains of se- uh, seven college housemates from the 60s who drifted apart then reunited a funeral for a friend. Having entered adulthood as nonconformists, most now belong to the establishment. Uh, let's just look at some of the people that are in this. Kevin Klein, Jeff Goldblum, Tom Berenger, William Hurt, Glenn Close, uh, and others. So I think this might be one of those movies similar to what I was talking about with uh, The Men's Club, where a bunch of big names get together and have cool discussions and maybe things happen. I don't know. I don't know, but it's I've seen it on a lot of top lists, so... Have you ever watched St. Elmo's Fire? Nope, but it's another one of those tapes that yeah. I pick up in a heartbeat just because I want to see it. I, it's and something that I, I can't believe I've never seen that movie, but... Yeah. It's that noise. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sound like get... playing cards. Nope, nope. Just opening a little baggie with my cookies. <laughs> Ow! He is so disinterested in the show. Mm. He wants out. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, for you, or you pick first. Oh, mm. uh, definitely big chill. Oh, really? Yep. All right. And for you, uh, I'm tempted by The Retreat, but because it's 2020, I think that that's... Yeah, let's go with Horsehead. All right. I've never heard of that movie, and it's about seven years old. I'm like, hmm, is this a long-lost gem? We'll see. Already, He's just already building in that you pick the bad one. Oh, another one that I almost threw, out, threw on there was... Uh, oh, it was on Amazon Prime. I feel like you've seen it. Dreamscape with Dennis Quaid. Own it. How is it? You know, just a lot of people love that movie. Like, sincerely, oh, I know. love yeah. it. It's got some interesting ideas, but I've never quite got into it the way that everybody else does. You should check it out for the weird practical effects. I mean, they go to, they're doing sleep studies, and then they go to sleep, and then they go to fantasy lands, and then there's giant snake people, and they're really bad practical effects. But they're bad for now. At the time, they might have been kind of cool. Now it just looks like weird rubber monster, but it's Dennis Quaid, and I don't know. It's entertaining. I've seen it a couple times. I think I own it on DVD and VHS. Okay. I don't... It's just one of those 80s movies that I'm surprised I've never seen, because I've seen pictures of the snake. There's a snake creature thing, and I'm like, oh, that looks cheesy cool, but I've just never... It's mostly cheesy. But All right. You should check it out, though. I, you should definitely give it a watch, because it's uh, it's what I would call an anomaly of cinema. It's weird. Is it anything that, like Flatliners? Because that sounded a little no. bit... Li- okay. I mean, Flatliners is way serious. And, and borderline horror. This, is, this was never creepy to me. But then again, okay. I saw it way after it came out, so... Okay. I'll check it out sometime. Or I might even put it on the roulette. Should I'm I'm guessing that that's probably I'm sure it's an HD transfer. I think that's got a Blu-ray release a while ago. Don't know if an HD transfer would do that thing any favors. No, <laughs> just pull out all the more. Of, are there any stop motiony things, or is it just? Yeah, practice? I believe so. Ah, I love that. Even if it's bad uh, stop motion, I just dig stop motion stuff. Yep, I agree. Okay, next episode it'll be the big chill up against Horsehead. And that is the roulette. Now we're moving on to a new segment that I 
farted out of my brain that's probably going to be a dud, but we'll give her a shot. Bring a random top ten. Any top ten of your choosing. And you're up first, sir. What top ten have you brought for us today? Uh, well, let me tell you about the top ten things <laughs> for sale on Amazon today. <laughs> or the top ten things I'm thinking about about selling. Ooh, that or, would have been a good one. The top ten things outside huh? my window. Oh, Another good one. That would have been great. That's actually... Oh, man. Next time we do that, top ten things outside my window No, right it's movie-related. It's got to be about movies. Hey, rules. <laughs> movie freaks, you dick. <laughs> I, want to be, I want our show to be called Window Freaks. <laughs> Shopping freaks. Board yeah. freaks. Yeah. But, uh, um, so, yeah. <laughs> Get lathered up for this one. Uh, top ten, well, <laughs> here's how I named it. Top ten whatever list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but there is a theme, or you just Oh, yes, up? I have a theme, yes. Okay. Uh, my theme is weirdest movies from the 1970s. And I got this because of the movie that I was watching. I'm like, this movie is so weird, and I can't place it with, I can't compare it really to anything else. And so I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's going to be what my list is going to be, is just... Weird movies, and I'm like, and to narrow it down, I'll just keep it in the 70s, which is what this movie was from. So I'm like, all right, there we go. And then, as usual, I'm like, uh, but there's some more. I need to fit these in somewhere, so there's a few honorable mentions. Hmm. So are you ready? Are we just going to yeah. go, like, back and forth? Yeah. Like, okay. every single time we do a top I know, but you... You and what your... It's what what rules? This is the same thing. That, okay, how would you like to do it? Do it. Oh, let's do it that way, I guess. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, to, uh, number ten um, is the, actually the movie that made me think of this uh, list is Messiah of Evil, and it popped up on Shutter. And I've seen this movie before. And when I saw it pop up on Shutter, I'm like, oh man, that I need to watch that one again. And Every time I watch it, for some reason, it just gets weirder and weirder and more otherworldly. Uh, a young woman goes searching for her missing artist father. Her journey takes her to a strange California seaside town governed by a mysterious undead cult. And this movie is so creepy and it's just hard to place. Like, it's horror, but it's not really gory. And it's just, the music is very almost fantasy type. Um, the plot is really cool and unique and just, I, it's hard for me to, I mean, I'm going to say this a lot for this list. It's hard for me to describe this movie. Cause that's like, what are movies that are very undescribable or where like, and uh, here's another thing. I, there was a lot of movies that could have been on this list, but I didn't like the movie. So it, therefore it didn't go on the list. So like Eraserhead, I don't like Eraserhead. David Lynch is Eraserhead. Yeah. That should have been on this list, but I'm like, I, I don't really like that movie, so I'm not going to put it on. But so anyway, uh, it's just a cool, weird, quirky movie, and I really dig it. Cool. And for me, uh, I had an idea, and I came up with a top ten list. And this morning at four o'clock in the morning, I ripped that page out of the book and completely redid it because I came up with a better idea. My top ten dream projects. These are directors that I'm putting with a project that I would like to see them make a movie of. Uh, so while I have a 1 to 10, it's not necessarily 1 to 10. It's kind of 1 to 10, 
but it's sort of like, well, I'd like to see all of these. So I tried to, some things rose and fell because of maybe remake or the possibility that that person would ever do it. I've got an honorable mention that I just, or I've got one that was at number eight. I just moved to honorable mention and put in one that I just thought of at number eight, just because the one I had at number eight, he'll never do that will never happen. Hmm. That person writes their own projects. They do not adapt. So adapt other projects. So I moved it. Number 10 for me is I would like to see a remake of Barbarella Hmm. directed by Paul Verhoeven. That'd be interesting. If there's somebody that can get away with the amount of sexiness in that movie, it would would be be him. him. Yeah. So I would like to see that movie. (laughs) I would too. I'd totally watch that one. (laughs) Oh, just wait till you see some of the shit I got coming. (laughs) Number nine for you. Nine for me is 1970s I Drink Your Blood. A group of satanic hippies wreck havoc on a small town where a young boy whose sister and grandfather were victimized by them tries to get even with deadly results. And deadly results is he feeds them uh, tainted uh, meat pies that have rabies and or that give the people rabies, this group of satanic hippies rabies. And it's it is one of the weirdest movies I have ever seen. Uh, in fact, I think that Rob Zombie has used some audio clips from this movie for some of his songs, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, it's low, low, low budget, and it's just disgusting. It's everything about this movie is disgusting. Uh, kind of like Texas Chain. It has kind of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre feel, but way more weird. Um, the cult leader. Oh, it's just everything about this movie is disgusting. Gusting, and even the gore in the movie, and it's gory. It's all like Herschel Gordon Lewis fake, but very effective just because of how nasty everybody is. Even the kid. The kid is just gross. Everybody's gross in it, and it's... The plot is bizarro. It's it's just one of those anomalies, and I, I dig it. Cool. Uh, next up for me... I would like Ryan Johnson to adapt Robert Heinlein's Stranger in a Strange Land. Are you familiar with this book at all? I've never read it, but I know I know the book. Okay. It tells the story of uh, Valentine Michael Smith, a human who comes to Earth in early adulthood after being born on the planet Mars and raised by Martians. And it explores like what it's like for a I mean he's technically he's a human but he you know humans went and colonized Mars and then he was born there and raised by Martians so he came back and he was very different he grew up in a completely different atmosphere he studies sex cults and kind of creates one of his own and makes this giant church and there's a lot of religion and stuff involved in there and I you know I debated on who to give this project to is Ryan the right guy? He can definitely handle the the depth of the uh, ideas going on here, but at the same time, there's also those hardcore ideas. Of how are you going to dance around some of the sex stuff? Because Hollywood, especially mainstream Hollywood, is very. It's either got to it's got to be in this certain window, yeah. for mainstream release. But at the same time, they let Ryan Johnson make a movie where a time traveling Bruce Willis kills children. And it's awesome. Great and movie. And it's awesome. Right. And it was mainstream and they released it wide. So I think he could get enough in there uh, to get the point across and, and, and get the ideas of the book through while also keeping it within the mainstream. So uh, also there's that it's set in the future, but it doesn't feel like we're 
a million years. It's Star Wars land, you know, that that's kind of the feel of the book. Look at uh, Looper. Same way. Yeah. It felt like the future, but it did not, and a sci-fi, but it didn't feel like Star Trek. Uh, back to you, number eight. Uh, number eight for me is 1976's Master of the Flying Guillotine, starring Jimmy Wang Yu. Uh, there's, I know that there's a lot of weird kung fu movies out there, but whenever I think of weird kung fu, I always immediately go to Master of the Flying Guillotine. Uh, just, I, it's a, there's a tournament going on, which there is in a lot of these movies, but the characters that, that, uh, Jimmy Wang Yu's character has to fight are all like, at least some of them are superhuman. Like one guy has, he's a mantis and he, his arms get really, really, really long. The fight scenes are, Obviously unrealistic, but really, really cool. The main villain is a blind, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, I'm looking here. He's, Tarantino does a riff on him in Kill Bill. He's the blind guy with the long beard and he's always kind of stroking his beard. Yeah. Um, but. Oh, that's, uh, Tarantino doesn't do a riff on him. That was a, that guy was a character in Fist of the White Lotus. No, that's right. Yes. And it was the same actor. As it, Okay. Yeah, in, in Kill Bill and in Fist of the White Lotus, it was the same actor. That's cool. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> um, but this one here, he's like, he's throwing bombs. The, this, the, the blind dude's throwing bombs. And it, the final battle with Jimmy Wang Yu and this guy is great. I remember there was like, I haven't seen it in a little while now, but I think there was like, there's swords that are hot. Like he's jumping off of different swords in the ground and it just goes on and on and it's awesome. Uh, I love, love, love this movie, and it is just bizarro, and this is probably my favorite old-school kung fu movie, and it is very, very bizarro and weird, and I love it. Yep, it's great. Back to uh, you. Okay, let's see. Number eight, one I swapped out for. I would like a Ryu Kitamura to direct a live-action adaptation of Ninja Scroll, the anime film. Hmm. I was looking for a project for him because I like him as a director. We haven't seen much from him lately, or at least I haven't. Uh -uh. If he's been putting out stuff, I haven't heard of it. Uh, and Ninja Scroll is a unique property because it's bonkers. It's off the wall. It's got a guy with a bee back, bees in, a, in his backpack, and they attack whoever he says, and all these weird ninjas with all their weird special abilities and uh, nudity and violence, over-the-top gore. Who could get away with that? He could, and it would be interesting. I think it would be interesting. If he could get the kind of budget he'd need to make that kind of movie, I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. I'll watch anything that guy does, pretty much. I know you weren't a huge fan of that animated movie, but, um, yeah, anyway. I, I would like to see that. And it might suck. Who knows? It's, you know, this Akira adaptation they keep bouncing around. It might suck. I don't know. But I'd still like somebody to take a shot at it. Will it's that thing gonna... ever get made? Is it being filmed right now? I have no idea. Oh. It it just keeps bouncing around. Development hell. Yeah. I'd like it to get made. I'm not, like, uh, going crazy for it to get made, but I don't know. I'm just... I get, we've talked about it a million times. I'm not one of those people that's affected by a remake. Yeah. If, if it comes out and sucks, so what? I still got the original. I'm good. Yep. Uh, number seven for you. Uh, seven for me is 1973's The Baby. I... Pretty sure I've talked about this movie on the show already. A uh, social worker still reeling from the loss of her architect husband investigates the eccentric, psychedelic Wadsworth family consisting of a mother, two daughters, and an adult son with the apparent mental capacity of an infant. And they treat him as such. He's 
in a crib and he drinks out of a bottle and he acts like a little baby and it is it's so weird and uncomfortable and the movie I think the movie's rated PG and because there was nothing really overtly offensive in it or, or you know violent or anything but it's just oh it's so uncomfortable and maybe watching it back when it came out maybe it would whatever but just the fact that you know you have that old school feel with the music and the styles and how this guy is acting it's so unsettling and ick uh but it's solid and it's got a great ending it's another one that that the got a little bit of a twist ending and I'm like ah I liked that that's elevated the the weirdness all the more but yeah that was a good movie nice uh number 7 for me is diary the chuck polnick novel I would like that to be adapted by Patty Jenkins. I think that in the first Wonder Woman, she showed certain elements of where, where some of the shots were pretty bleached out in the World War I scenes, that she has or can develop the, the, the kind of photography that I picture in my head the multiple times that I've read this book. Uh, the book is about uh, Misty Wilmot, Never heard that outside of the little town that we live close to. Uh, <laughs> she was a, once a young artist, and now she's working as a waitress, and her husband is a, this weird guy. There, there's so many layers to this story. And e- it even says here on Wikipedia, it loosely falls into a modern horror genre. And that's true, but mostly towards the end. But there are so many layers to this book. It's not, uh, like Chuck Palahniuk fans, this is not their favorite book, but... And it's not my favorite of his either, but I really, it's one of, it's like top maybe three. I really love this novel. And I think that Patty Jenkins could bring the right kind of style to it and really expand on stuff that she's done as far as making an R-rated semi-horror film at the end. It kind of turns that way at the very end. And just, oh, the twists in this thing. Oh, it's so good. I, I enjoy the hell out of this book. Uh, number six. Uh, six for me is 1971's Goodbye Uncle Tom from uh, Prosperi and Giacopetti. Uh, they they made uh, Mondo Cane movies. Uh, I've talked about this on the show as well. It's two documentary filmmakers. They go back in time in a helicopter to pre-Civil War and they they make a movie about slavery in the South. And it's it just the way the movie starts with like this helicopter shows up on the plantation and it's just this weird like yes we went back in time and here's how things here's how things are uh a movie like this would never ever ever get made uh in today's today uh and rightly so this movie is not for everyone it is one of the harshest things i have ever seen I don't know. Part of me thinks that this is just an exploitation movie, but then the other part of me is like, they really nail it with how awful slavery was. Uh, and just that in and of itself make this such a weird movie. Um, I would, again, I wouldn't recommend this to just anybody, but it is, uh, it is very well made and it felt like the budget had to have been pretty big for this thing. Uh, like big sprawling sets, tons of character, like tons of cast and extras, and like this was not easy to make, and it's a pretty long movie too. Uh, but 
it's not boring, that's for sure. Uh, anyway, it's uh, mainly included on this list because it's a movie that would never, ever get made again. And I am actually surprised even back then that it got made because of just how incredibly mean-spirited the thing is when dealing with racism. Wow. Haven't seen that one. Oh, man. Don't intend it's, to after it's, that review. Again, maybe it, maybe that's what makes it so tough. It's so well-made that it makes things all the more horrific. Uh, yet it's so racist. But it's against racism. I mean, it's showing this is how things were. But in uh, it's – you know what I mean? It's hard for me to – yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's – it's I, I enjoy watching people's first-time reactions to uh, – uh, Oh, that Western comedy, uh, Mel Brooks. Oh, Blazing Saddles. Blazing yeah. Saddles. There, there is nothing funnier than going and watching, especially uh, people of color, watching their first time reaction. Well, I've heard of it. I've heard about this movie, and but I've, I've never, I don't know anything about it. And then they hit play, and it's just like, here we go. And it is so freaking funny because they all have the same reaction. They're like, did he just really mm-hmm. say that? Did they really just say that? But then they realize throughout the course of the film that, it's mocking all of the racists. Like those are the biggest idiots in the movie, uh, and, and it's and then by the end they love it, and it's it's fantastic. I, I love that. Oh, that yeah, it is. So good. Yes, it is. <laughs> but still, it's it's a cringer while you're watching it. You're like, holy crap! I can't believe they got people to say this stuff. But yep. that time, maybe that'll make your list. Who knows? <laughs> uh, number six for me, Christopher Nolan. What do I got for him? How about Rendezvous with Rama? Morgan Freeman has been trying to get this movie made for like two decades. Uh, This is an Arthur C. Clarke novel set in the 2130s. The story involves a 31-mile by 12-mile cylindrical alien starship that enters our solar system, and everybody starts freaking out, and then it starts to slow down and just kind of parks itself between around us in the sun. So a group, uh, the story is told from a point of view of a group of human explorers who intercept the ship and attempt to unlock its mysteries and they find their way in and it's just, it's wild. And I've been reading the book for a while now. It's one of those things where I pick it up and then I put it down. Then I don't come back to it for months. And then I pick it up and read a little bit more. It's, it's really good. I just don't have time. Uh, but it's fascinating with Christopher Nolan would be the perfect guy to tackle this material family friendly not well, not family friendly but i'm just saying he could make it the the dark and mysterious and and scary parts of it still within the realm of family okay pg13 maybe are but one that you, you know interstellar yes that, that kind of thing where it's like that movie is scary but it's not like scary scary uh and so i think i would love to see that movie i would too again i would watch anything that that guy makes yep Oh, just wait till we got, we got more, I got more goodies for you at number five. (laughs) Uh, Five for me is 1971's Wake in Fright. This is directed by Ted uh, Kachev, I think is how you pronounce his name. He uh, also made First Blood. Uh, This movie had been lost or had been screened for many, many, many years. And then in uh, Draft House Pictures re-released it. And I bought it on Blu-ray a while ago and... I've only watched it once just because it's such an unpleasant view, but it's really, really good. Donald Pleasance is in this. 
after a bad gambling bet, a school teacher is marooned in a town full of crazy, drunk, violent men who threaten to make him just as crazy, drunk, and violent. And all this movie is, is just, they drink beer nonstop through this thing, and to the point where it's like, it's almost otherworldly. Like, they start, I don't know, something about the Australian outback, and what they're doing, and they're kangaroo hunting, and everybody is so hammered drunk all the time in this thing, and it's kind of making the our lead character go crazy. Um, great. I mean, it's a great movie. Beautifully shot, but uh, it's a tough watch. Um, and it maybe it doesn't sound like it should be that bonkers, but watching it, it is. Uh, especially towards the end when things just fly off the rails and they're like, we're going to start shooting kangaroos now. I, all right. <laughs> Uh, but Donald Pleasance is our lead villain in it, and who is, you know, yay, let's have a drink. And then it just gets more and more, let's have a drink. You're going to drink. And, ugh. Yeah. Aussie's in their beer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next project that I want to see adapted. This is one of my top Stephen King novels uh, that nobody's tried yet. Hmm. Um, this one doesn't make a lot of top Stephen King lists. I feel like a lot of people don't really care for this one, but I loved it. Still do. And that would be Insomnia. Mm. Uh, Retired widower Ralph Roberts, whose increasing insomnia allows him to perceive auras and other hidden things, leading him to join a conflict between the forces of the purpose and the random. Uh, Like it and Dreamcatcher, the story is set in Gary Maine, and it includes connections to other Stephen King stories, particularly The Dark Tower. Who would you get to direct this movie, sir? Because I think I came with a real out-of-the-box idea for this one. Oh, man. Um, obviously, you're th- these are all different directors, so you're not reusing a director. Correct. Oh, man. Uh, Frank Darabont? That, I mean, that's usually the go-to for I know. Stephen King, but this is a fantasy. More of a fantasy one. Peter Jackson? That wouldn't be bad. I went a little out of the box on this one. I would like to see what Robert Eggers would do with this. Oh. Because this is yeah. this book is fucking weird. Yes, it is. I read it. <laughs> Who do I know that makes fucking weird movies? He does. <laughs> I would have never guessed him. No, but... I wasn't trying to get you to guess what I was going to say. I was just curious what your thought was. Uh, But I think that that book is weird enough and doesn't have a cult following enough that he could take it and spin it and kind of do whatever he wants with it. And it would, that would be something I would really like to check out. Me too. Number four. Um, Four for me is a movie that you have seen. Blood on Satan's Claw from 1971. I love this movie. Um, I think part of why it's such a weird viewing experience is, and we've talked about this on the show, is this was supposed to be a an anthology, and then they decided to just have it as a one-off movie. And knowing that when you're watching it, you can kind of tell where each story is on this thing. Yet they somehow put it all together into a movie. It doesn't quite all work, but again, it does. Uh, the the score and it's very this is very much a folk horror movie much like the witch it it this is basically the witch but way back 71 when it was made um i 
I love the movie. It's bizarro right from the get-go when the, when the Amishy type dude, pilgrim guy is plowing the field and he finds this creature's eyeball. And then from there, oh, it's so weird. There's so many random things that happen in the movie. It's just random stuff happening, which goes along with the anthology type thing that they were going for. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad that they, that they originally thought of this movie as a anthology because it just makes it a little bit more bizarro when you're watching it. So it's a great movie. Yes, it is. I quite enjoyed it. I'm not going to spend much time on this one because we've talked it to death. Number four for me, Joseph Kaczynski, The Black Hole. Yeah. Moving on. Yep. Will that ever get made? <laughs> uh, it, hopefully one day. They just announced his next project or one of his next projects here just the other day. And it sounds awesome. Sci-fi thing. Sweet. I'm in. Hasn't made a bad movie yet that I've seen. And I want him to make Tron 3, but I think he set up enough groundwork with Tron Legacy that another director could come in and kind Agreed. of mimic that style. So I'm not going to freak out about that as much as I am the black hole. I, You know, I am surprised that that movie... I know it's not a beloved... like It's not as well known, but it that would be a great movie to remake. The plot's great. The special effects would be outstanding. The score, like... I just feel like that could be a surefire hit, especially if you get that guy. That and Last Starfighter. Yeah. It seems like these are easy remakes to me. Yeah. It just... Anyway. Uh, well, hold on. Let me get the president of Hollywood on <laughs> yeah, the phone. Yeah, exactly. I... <laughs> yeah, get this going, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, number three. Uh, number three for me, this, is a, this was an easy one, and I hesitated to even put this on here, but I'm like, no, it fits the category perfectly, and that is 1973's The Wicker Man. Uh, Robin Hardy's movie that most listeners will know. I love this movie. Uh, it's another culty type movie. And, you know, even with the bizarro ending, uh, what sets this movie apart, uh, is to me is the dance scenes in the movie where they're dressed up as these weird characters and they just do these weird midsummer pagan, 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 yeah, pagan, pagan stuff. rituals. Yeah. And it's just, Oh, and much like Midsommar, I love the fact that most, if not all of the movie, takes place during the day. And I still think that this movie is utterly terrifying. Just with how crazy this cult is. And this guy is slowly realizing it until it's too late, until he's doomed. Uh, but possibly Christopher Lee's best performance ever. I thought he was fantastic in this movie. Uh, but... Every single person, including the overtly religious police guy there, constable that's there, it's just got this otherworldly, weird feel going on. Yeah, I love it. And I think that movie got scarier for me on the rewatch. Because the first time you're watching it, it's still got that 70s kind of glean to it, and it's like the the, the red is too red on the blood, and the, the fake hand with the candles, it looks fake, and you're just like, what is going on with these weirdos? Like, just start punching people. You know, you feel invincible the first time you're watching it till you get to the end and you're like oh oh shit uh then the next time you watch it you're picking up all the clues even more and you're like oh don't do that oh don't go there don't touch that stop 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 like <laughs> yes get out get out get out get out <laughs> yeah because you know what's uh, happening what's what's yeah. coming oh it's such yeah. a good movie very effective okay number three for me and i've talked about this project before it's chuck polinick's survivor this mm -hmm. was his follow-up to fight club I want David Fincher to take over this. David Fincher was on pre-production of this movie, uh, the, uh, of adapting this story, and then 9-11 happened. 
And then after that, it was, we can't have anything that has a plane crash in it. And in this book, the plane crash is in the Australian outback and harms no one. So it was, but we can't have a 747 getting hijacked and going down. And we, that's, we, we can't make any movies like that. And at the, to be fair, at the time, this was, this story was way too nihilistic for where the world was. Um, and that even is like a minor part of the story, really. It's just not even the focus of most of the book has nothing to do with nothing. Uh, I Well, I mean, it does have something to do with it, but it's not like the crux of the story or the... I don't know. It's hard to explain if you haven't read it. I yeah. would I would like you to read this book. I have the audiobook if you want it. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. This is the, like one of... I'm surprised this didn't get to number one, but... It's just, I want this made so bad. And you will love it because most of it centers around a Cretish, they call it a Cretish cult. It's like an Amish cult. Of course, yeah. Uh, extremely hardcore. But uh, And the main characters are all from this cult and how they escape it. And and then throughout the book explaining what it's like. And I'm like, it's so Amish. Oh, it's so freaking Amish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but then the way that the, this book goes and the things that happen, it is fantastic. This is probably my favorite book from him. Uh, and nobody better to direct a Chuck Palahniuk book than Fincher, obviously. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we've only had two adaptations of his work, so... Uh, but yeah, I love Fincher, and he would nail the tone of this, and he wouldn't shy away from some of the pornographic elements of it, and and the religious elements of it, and he could he is the kind of director that will be allowed to get away with those kinds of things. Uh, yeah, agreed with Fincher. Number two. Number two for me, this was tough. Uh, this, this almost should be number one, but I love my number one. I love so much that I'm like, I'm going to have that top. But for weirdness, I think that this probably would be it. They're neck and neck. Uh, but that would be 1973's Fantastic Planet. I was waiting for that. Yep. The French animated movie, uh, 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 set on a planet where these big blue giant aliens rule oppressed little human. Uh, it's weird and great. Uh, <laughs> I've watched the movie several times and every time I watch it, I'm like, somehow this just got weirder uh, to me. Uh, it's PG, but lots of little humans running around butt ass naked <laughs> um, the creature designs in this are so cool yet so incredibly 70s as are the spaceships that they have it's almost like a very twisted demented version of Dr. Seuss or something set on another planet and just run through the French ringer it, mm, it's weird and I love it I love this bizarro movie uh, nice Yeah, this is one where I. it's such a product of its time I don't know how, I would of course watch it but I don't know how a remake could go with something like this with like crisp new CGI animation. Like it works because of the simple hand-drawn animation. I totally understand what you mean. So great movie. Okay. Number two for me, we've had Chuck Palahniuk and a couple of entries from him and we've had uh, a little bit of Stephen King, but there's another Stephen King story. That's my favorite Stephen King story. And I'm still waiting for that to get adapted. And uh, uh, you mentioned before... Um, Darabont? Shawshank. Oh, yeah. Darabont has been trying to get this made for years. And I don't know why it's such a struggle. This would not be an expensive film. The Long Walk. This is my favorite from Stephen King. I want this made so bad. So does Darabont. But I guess... I 
what why does it why is it taking so long to get this story made? This would be an easy one to adapt. Yeah, very easy. I don't easy. think it wouldn't be that expensive. Uh and so I'm pulling Darabont from that project since he has not been able to get it done. <laughs> I'm going to have to put somebody else in charge of this damn thing. But I need somebody who can present the right tone because this is set in the future. But it's also not, like, futuristic and spaceships flying around and that kind of stuff. But it needs to have that feel mm-hmm. while that we are in a futuristic setting. It also need, has to have a director that can present us with some dark ideas. It has to have a director that can give us some gore. Some grossness. For that, I'm picking Alex Garland. Hmm. Between Ex Machina and Annihilation? Guess what, buddy? You got the job. Get that done. I love that book so much. Uh, the premise of the book is uh, every, was it every year? I can't even remember now uh, how often the time frame is. I think it was every year. A uh, hundred contestants are selected, uh, boys, uh, to participate in the only remaining sporting event that uh, I believe that's televised and on in the United States, and it's if you win, you get the prize. And along the way, they don't tell you what the prize is, but along the way, we they eventually do towards the end. Mm-hmm. But the premise is uh, the long walk. They uh, All hundred of them line up, and they blow a whistle and go, and everybody starts walking. And you got to keep your speed right at about four miles an hour, which is a steady walk. If you drop below four miles an hour, you get a warning. Uh, if you drop below four uh, after an hour of walking normal, that warning goes away. If you get a second warning, uh, nothing happens. If you get a third warning, they shoot you in the face. Yep. And you don't stop walking until there's one person left. Day, night, anything. That, it's intense and crazy. And it's amazing how quickly you learn the characters in the sto- in the group that he's in, uh, the main character's in, and, and they're, oh, it's just, uh, it's an amazing, from a writer's standpoint, it's an amazing piece of writing because <clears throat> I, I just trying to put my head around how he developed each of these characters. He had to have a wall covered in three by five cards of this guy is this. Yeah. This guy is the guy with the new boots. This is the guy that's having trouble taking a shit while he's walking backwards <laughs> and taking his war. This is the guy that's going to die in the first five minutes. This, you know, it, it's, it's, it's insane. Uh, but it's fantastic. And you know what? I think Alex Garland coming from a writing background would be a great guy to tackle that material. Not Neil Marshall, though, huh? Maybe maybe Neil Marshall? <laughs> what? He has been regulated to... Oh, yeah, he's D- DTV, direct-to-video streaming. Uh, direct-to-TV? Yeah. Uh, uh, number one. Uh, number one for me was... It was fairly easy, other than trying to decide between this and Fantastic Planet, but that is 1977's Suspiria from Dario Argento. Everybody knows about Suspiria and why it's so bizarro and weird. So I'm not going to spend much time on it, but it's a fantastic movie. Every time I watch it, I love it. I love the fact that it's almost got this nightmare dream logic going on through it, uh, coupled with Goblin score, which is fantastic. The garish colors in the thing. Uh, it honestly, it should make perfect sense because the story is based. A girl shows up at a school at a dance school that. Is a coven of witches. There you go. I mean, that's a pretty easy premise, but the way the movie is laid out and how it plays out, you're always wondering, like, what is... Okay, I think I got it, but 
I'm not quite sure. Uh, and it's because of Argento's film style, the choice of colors, the choice of music, the weirdness of the actors, how they act so otherworldly that makes this thing just feel like one long nightmare caught on film. I love it. Great movie and uh, easily perched at number one. Cool. Uh, so as I was coming up with this list, I, I was coming up with both projects and directors. And one of the directors I came up with was like, yeah, I want to see anything that he does. But I didn't come up with a project for him, so I had to think about it for a while. What could I, what could I come up with for this chap that he would be good at and that I would want to see? That maybe I wouldn't want to see from somebody else? Uh, well, he's done a sequel that nobody said would be good, and it was amazing. Maybe, maybe, maybe he could do a sequel to something. But who could I trust with this kind of sequel? Because it's pretty hard to follow Kubrick. So for Denny Vellanu, oh. I came up with Arthur C. Clarke's 2061 Odyssey 3. Uh, now, I haven't read this book, so I don't know if it's actually any good, but if there's somebody that I'm sure could make a project like this good and succeed, it would be Denny Villeneuve. If I'm sure I'm butchering his name. No, I think you're getting it. Okay. Uh, at any rate, I, I, I think... I mean, can you think of anybody better to tackle that project? Maybe, maybe Nolan could, but I think that Denny would do it in such a way that it would... I don't know blow minds. And he's, re he's doing Dune. I mean, he, he doesn't shy away from taking on fanboy projects that he knows he's going to get attacked for. And then every time he, you know, he pumps it out, it's like, oh, damn, it's awesome. Yeah. My bad. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that crawled its way up to number one. It's like, yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, I haven't read the book either. I have no idea what the plot is even about. On... Let me see here. Hold on. I got the book right here. He revisits the most famous future events to... As two expeditions into space are inextricably tangled by human necessity and the immutable laws of physics, Haywood Floyd, survivor of two previous encounters with the mysterious monoliths, must once again confront Dave Bowman, or whatever Bowman has become, a newly independent Hal, and the power of an alien race that has decided humanity is to play a part in the evolution of the galaxy, whether it wishes to or not. I'd watch that all day long. <laughs> Me too. I'm surprised that hasn't gotten... I mean, they've made 2001 and 2010. Yeah, but I, most people don't like 2010. I thought that was a good movie. You and I are on an island with that yeah, one. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, I agree. Uh, honorable mentions. Okay, I just have a couple honorable mentions here. Uh, Malabimba, The Malicious Horror. Uh, Beyond the Door 2, The Visitor, which you did watch The Visitor. That was the weird... Mm-hmm. Space Jesus and Omen. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And uh, Ilsa Shewolf of the SS, which I'm like, you know, that's not so much weird as it's just a gross exploitation movie. Uh, yeah. And The Devil, if, if there would have been number 11 for me, it would be The Devils. Ken Russell's The Devils with... Um, uh, what's the guy from your roulette today? Oh, Oliver Reed. Yeah, Oliver Reed. That should have been on my list, but I ran out of spot so 11 oh, you just cram it in the top 10 yeah. eight and a half seven and a half you know oh i could have done that yeah <laughs> and you and you, you make your own rules um, oh i and i live by them oh uh, the, no you don't you do not you expect everybody else to live by them and then immediately break them uh, the number I'm eight that breaker. i bumped out 
was another Chuck Palahniuk story, Invisible Monsters. I would, I think Quentin Tarantino would be the only person that could get away with making that movie. Oh. Uh, Invisible Monsters is about a girl who's lost her, she was a model and she lost her bottom jaw in some kind of weird shooting driving accident. And then how she goes through life and it's a total exploration of every form of sex and, uh, uh, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I, I often think of it as a female version of Fight Club. Cool. Um, Sounds good. Oh, it's fantastic. But again, it's, it's so NC-17 rated that only somebody like Quentin Tarantino could get away with it. But he does not adapt other stuff. He writes his own shit. Yeah. So I had to bump that down off the list. Uh, the other one I came up with, I was really looking for something for Spike Lee, and I didn't come up with anything mm. good. The best I came up with was Spawn. Do do a comic book movie of Spawn with uh, a real down and dirty uh, version. Um, I thought he could do something really cool with that. But at the same time, I wasn't so blown away by that idea that I was like, oh, again, there's another guy that I'd almost rather see him write his own stuff than adapt a property. But I'm a fan of Spike Lee. That's it. That was fun. Yeah, I like that. I think that worked. I think we could do yeah. that again. Maybe next time we just swap those ideas and see what the other one comes up Ooh. with. Yes, let's do that. When do you want to do that? Um, I mean, let's give it a couple weeks, maybe. Okay. Not just like back to back. Just Let's give it just long enough that we'll forget about it entirely. Uh-huh. And yeah. then we'll like wait a year from now, like, wait a minute. <laughs> Weren't we gonna... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. something. <laughs> okay. Uh, recently watched. I mean, we've got about time for one round. Okay. So, you're up first. What do you want? Um, uh, let's go with the new Megan Fox movie. And Till Death. Have you heard of this movie? <sighs> and he froze up. And I think it's on my end. Yeah, oh, it is. I'm sure it's on Are you there? Hello? Here. Hey, he's back. Hey, he's back. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's me. That's oh, my I'm inter- pretty sure it's you, too. It's... Yeah, my internet is n- very mediocre. I mean, do you have your dongle plugged in? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. I get an A-, minus. my computer right now is getting a... B. Oh, your texting this week has been anything but A minus. Oh, you're awful. (laughs) You, I mean. No, you. You are terrible. (laughs) You take 12 hours to respond at least. Oh, you can shake your head all you want, but I've got the timestamps, boy. I've got the timestamps. Till death uh, from 2021. (laughs) uh, This this was the Megan Fox? Yes. A woman is left handcuffed to her dead husband as part of a sick revenge plot. Unable to unshackle, she has to survive as two killers arrive to finish her off. And this may sound a bit like the Stephen King book, Gerald's Game. It is not that. Uh, I and I was expecting that. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a this is going to be Gerald's Game. It's not. This was great. What? Uh, I thought this was fantastic, and Megan Fox was Megan. great in this. Me- eh. <laughs> Once we'll again, leave that, you with we'll your leave, facts and logic. Yeah, we'll just, leave that to the Zeus gods to decide. But Megan Fox... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Megan Fox is... Uh, <laughs> Megan Fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, she's just... She's great in the movie. I, the characters were awesome. The motivations for everybody and how things kind of slowly play out 
was great. And this was a great example of a movie that only has a few characters, which is a big strike to me. It's like, oh, low budget or filming during COVID. But they had a great script and they, I don't, it just felt big budget. Like, I'm like, this is something that I would expect to see in the theaters in jo- in like January or February, something like that. Uh, but man, I quite enjoyed this movie. It was short, like hour and 25 or tw- hour and 28 minutes, but with the end credits taken out, I would bet that this is a little over an hour and 20 minutes, which is perfect for a storyline like this. It kept things mo- moving. It was never boring. Uh, and that's another thing that these movies where there's only a few characters set in a isolated location. It's like, uh, this should be a short film. Well, no, this one here. I thought that the per- the runtime was perfect for this thing. So this got a big thumbs up. I quite enjoyed this. This was a gem in the rough. Cool. Hmm. Oh, and this boy. was one, actually, I would... It was pretty violent at parts, but otherwise, I would have watched this with the wife. I think that she would have enjoyed it. It's not a horror movie, and it's more of a suspense thriller. I think that she would have liked it, but it gets pretty violent at parts. So. Uh, by the way, uh, for those interested, a simple Google search will tell you several simple ways to get out of handcuffs. Just, just, mm. just FYI. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't have helped in Gerald's game because she was no. completely spread across the headboard. But for those maybe just handcuffed to a thing, like maybe a pipe where they want you to cut your foot off or uh, a dead body or what, you know, there are some pretty easy ways to get out of at least the old school style handcuffs. I don't know what they're rocking now. I'm not trying to yeah. promote anybody escaping police yeah. necessarily, but uh, for those of you in dire situations, maybe a simple paper clip or a twig or a nearby something, you can get out pretty, pretty easy. Yeah. Oh boy. I've been watching some things. Uh, let's start with the tomorrow war. Okay, and I, I was gonna if you if you were gonna review that, I was going to quick give my two cents. But oh, have you? I watched you it. So you I watched, watched it. it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, then go please go first because I don't want. Well, it, hmm, how's this gonna work? This is one of those situations where I'm afraid you're gonna go easy because you think I love it when I know you probably hated it. So do I go <laughs> first or do I or do you go first? Like you know, you, you go ahead, you go first, and I'll follow up. Okay. And okay. I want you to go for it. Go for it. Okay. Uh, the Tomorrow War. Uh, I'm going to get the director right on this because this Chris is a McKay. pretty big director. Chris, Chris McKay. McKay. Yeah. Um, two hours and 20, no, two hours and 18 minutes. And I, I almost didn't hit play on it, but I'm like, you know, it's like they're promoting it, promoting it as the number one streamed movie online. And I'm like, Chris Pratt, Amazon bought it for $200 million, which is incredible. I'm like, you know what? It's got to be something. And the trailer looks good. Uh, so I hit play and I was, I was, eh, until they get to the future stuff. I'm like, oh, these creatures are terrifying. Like, I hate these creatures. I want the, I hate them in the best way possible. Um, Chris Pratt, uh, Here's a complaint before I get into the good stuff. Chris Pratt, I thought, as a, you know, working man, teacher guy, he still looked really ripped and like... Oh, he's a former Green Beret. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah he was a military guy, but um, 
I liked this movie. Uh, in fact, I towards the end, I'm like, this movie is pretty freaking awesome. Once they get to the Russian Alps or wherever they go to find whatever was causing this with uh, very ripped and buff <laughs> J.K. Simmons, um, it's too long, but uh, some of it was ridiculous. And spoiler alert, like when him and his, spoiler, him and his future daughter are about to say goodbye and they do a slow-mo of her slowly falling and like, that's kind of cheesy, but I, I liked it. Uh, I Another one that I kind of, after the fact, I'm like, should have watched this with the wife. I bet she would have dug this, just with the action. And uh, I don't know about you, but I I hated those creatures so bad. I don't remember the last time I watched a science fiction movie where I, I loathed those things so bad because of how nasty, evil, vicious they were. Live, die, repeat. No, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had one thing in mind, and that was just to eradicate humanity. And we never really find... That's another spoiler. They don't. We don't find out. Uh, it's not really. a spoiler if you can't tell them why. That's called a plot hole. Mm. That's true. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, so were these insects on another alien ship that crashed? Or were... Because they don't seem like they would have the intelligence to fly. They're just big insects. They're starship troopers insects. Right. Arachnids. Yep. But the action was great, man. I was... I thought the action was solid in that thing. That was the only thing that was solid in this film for me, sir. I okay. no, no. <laughs> nah. Oh, I liked it better than you did. <laughs> oh yes, you did. Oh yes, you did. Wow. I was expecting you to come full hate because I no, give, no, no. I, I give this a passing mediocre. Like not even passing. This is just mediocre because the action and shit. I agree. The villains were terrifying and hissable, and you wanted them to die, but they were just bugs. They they had no motivation. They just seek and destroy. That's it. Yeah. You didn't know what they were there for. You didn't know, oh, we got to get to the ship. What is it? There, there's no way that's their ship. Uh, they're, they're just mutants or what? Uh, you don't even yeah. know what they are. Um, Chris Pratt can't decide if he's, well, I'm just a teacher and I just teach things. Also, I'm a super badass strategist, Green Beret, killer, crazy. I guess I got to put this coat on now and be this guy. It's like, well, you already <laughs> he does that. Yeah. You, it's like, you already were that guy. What do you like? That would be your natural instinct. Um, you got selected. You're going to go now. We're not going to send <gasps> up. The what? what? We're not going to pick the people that were in the military and send them first who know what they're doing. Sorry, Bobby. Happy 17th birthday. Off you go with your teacher. What? I, just. There were more plot holes in this movie than there were time travel wormholes. Uh, it just it, it and and that's why it starts to fall apart for me because it doesn't make sense. So you don't care about the characters as much. You're right. The action scenes were awesome and stressful when they were down on the street and trying to run oh, here yeah. and them there. That was stressful. Then you started talking about the end and the spaceship and blo- I I already forgot that shit. That it already leaked out my brain hole because. <laughs> I didn't care. Uh, so, I mean, I was, I watched it and the whole time I watched it, I was like, all right. Yeah. I mean, I really want to like this, but no, 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 no. There are the problems at the writing level that could have been, I don't want to say easily resolved, but you should have seen that plot hole. I mean, uh, the, yeah, and the thing with his daughter, it's like, uh, the second she showed up, I'm like, huh, that's probably his daughter. 
Oh, oh yeah. Let's wait another 20 minutes. And, oh, it is? Oh, my God. And it's like, why didn't you say so earlier? Well, I, I didn't want to... I didn't want to be touchy-feely with you. And it's like, why? It's like, well, you died at this date or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that doesn't make any sense. Because he would have left at such and such a date and gone to the future. So in her world, he was just gone. So then what... I mean... Did, uh, and if she says that he died at such and such a day, that, that means that he makes it back. So he has nothing to fear. Charge on. Do whatever you want. Because you're going to make it back. Right? Which is a, a major plot point. That doesn't with, make or, any sense. Yeah, with these time travel movies, you got to do it right or it ends up like that. Or it's like, wait, what? And I know a lot of time travel movies don't make sense, and that's part of the problem of time travel in movies. But there are a lot of times that you can skirt some of these issues. Looper does it quite well. Um, recently, what else? Oh, there was something else recently the time travel that I was like, oh, okay, that, that kind of skirted those issues good. I like that. This one, I didn't feel like it did. It just felt like plot hole after plot hole after plot hole after like, well, if that's true, then this must be true. And guess I'll, I, I just want to get back to teaching all this Green Beret stuff. Dude, to be a Green Beret, you are a dedicated military person. That is not just like I got drafted in the army. I went through boot camp. That is like four levels <laughs> past that. <laughs> So I just, no, eh. but I'll tell you this, you know, the, a lot of my friends online have been saying this is one of the most fucked dumb movies they've seen in a long time, maybe ever. And I said, Oh, watch, watch 30 minutes of infinite with Mark Wahlberg. Cause <laughs> I was, uh, punching myself in the face watching that. I didn't finish it. I'm going to have to, but I haven't got around to it yet. That bad. Or just that meh. Wasn't that it? Wasn't that it was bad? I mean, it, both of these movies—they're shot well, they look good, they have interesting premises. But then when you're actually watching them, like, hmm, what? Like, what now? Oh, what's going on over there? Like, just the characters are dumb. They don't react the way that a normal person would react to these uh, incredible situations. They just, there's too much of, well, we're making this for a direct to Amazon Prime or direct to Netflix, so we don't have any time limit, so, you know what, why don't you just give me a scene where you just kind of look at the camera and go, huh? Huh? <laughs> instead of just, oh, what? Are you crazy? Let's go. I, each one of these movies has scenes like that, and, and... Especially when they're already looking at the incredible, amazing, whatever thing. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh, I do. And they're still going, huh? Hold on, hold on. Let's take ten minutes so that we can all explain it to you. Hurry up! Like, <laughs> like you said, once that, both of them. Now we're pushing two hours and twenty minutes. Like, there's five minutes you could have cut out of just stupid yep. looks. Let's go. And it's not that I'm in that big of a rush, but at the same time, I don't need to, I don't need your mouth open, drooling Neanderthal befuddlement. Just and he does that. Yeah, get on it's, with it. Especially in the Tomorrow War, where they're fighting this Tomorrow War for some time. It seems I did enjoy their idea though of that the future time and the present time are moving at the same time. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. So, so that yeah. they, they can't, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but they're, they're moving forward at the same 
time. Like the like they've got a wormhole between these two gaps, and they're moving at the same time, so they can't just automatically predict. Because I, I, that was one of my first thoughts with the Tomorrow War is like, okay, well, if you have access to time travel and they sent you back to the wrong time, then why don't they send you back to the correct time before they got here and blow them up the second they show up? Oh, we can't do that. And then the movie moves on. And it's like, well, why not? You just dropped us off over top of a skyscraper and only ten of us and lived. Killed, we killed me out most of Because we just fell into a pool. You couldn't do that. You could, you could adjust that. But you can't adjust, like, I, it didn't, none of it made sense. It just didn't make sense. So yeah. that's why I was out. But anyway. I, I, we're done for time. Coming soon for you, sir. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, my Super Psycho Sweet 16 Parts 1, 2, and 3. I <laughs> I got those. Um, that's going to be great. Can't wait. Um, I did watch False Positive, the movie about the pregnant woman going through stuff. Uh, I'll review that hopefully on the next episode. Um, uh, Fear Street Parts 1 and 2. I want to wait to review all of those until the next one comes out this coming Friday. and then I'm waiting the to episode. watch those until they're all three all out. Yeah. So I'll, yeah, and maybe, I, who knows, maybe we'll just wait until you watch all of those and then we'll just be a, have a big review of those. Uh, what else here that I got coming out soon? Oh, I did watch the um, uh, Nick Cage movie from a few years back, Mom and Dad, starring, uh, I think, who else was it? Selma Blair was in that? Yeah, yeah. So I'll review that, hopefully. And there's a new one on Shudder that I'm hoping to watch called Son. S-O-N, like my son. <clears throat> just all family films with you. Oh yeah, mom and oh, dad yeah. and son and yep. Um, yeah, and then we're going through the we're going through the Ice Age movies too. I can hit on those. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't need to. But I guess if you really want to, <sighs> that is it. Or oh well, well. <sighs> back to you. Uh, Black Widow. Working on watching that. Uh, GI Joe. I'd like to revisit those movies because they have some of the same levels of quality of CGI. For better or worse. Take that okay. as you will. Uh, I've been watching a lot of TV. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, those uh, Fear Streets. I'm waiting on all three of them to come out, because everybody's been reviewing them so well, so highly, that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait till they're all three out, and then I'm just going to burn through them. Yeah. It's, uh, you said this Friday. What's, uh, what else are we watching? Uh, the um, Loki. No, yes, yeah, same here. We got the last episode last, is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's happening. Yep, same here. That's Wednesday night. Yep, that's, that's rocking. <laughs> and then what? In a couple weeks, uh, then that what if show comes out on Disney Plus. I'm not sure when it comes out, but I'm all over it. Me too. Yep, same here. I'm I'm itching for bad batch to be done like every week i'm like please be the last one please i haven't watched it in weeks because i'm almost waiting for that to be done so that i can just put it on in the background and let the sucker roll i'm behind i'm weeks behind on that oh it's like and none of them are they're not bad it's just i don't know man spinning wheels yep that's what it is (laughs) uh anything else you want to add for this episode um, no, I don't think so. Just I, all you fans of me out there, <laughs> just hang on tight for my Super Psycho Street 16 parts 1, 2, and 3. Reviews. What even years are that, is that from? Is that from the uh, 80s? I think or? from 2000, 2000. Uh, oh, out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm already out. <laughs> 
And I, <clears throat> it took me a while to find them. I'm like, where are these things? So I finally found them on Apple Plus. They had them, so I had to buy them. <laughs> so they're in my Apple account, uh, all three of them. I can't wait to watch them. Um, well, I have one thing in my Apple account. I just got uh, here this last week from my buddy Dave, Greenland. It was an oh. Apple code. I'm like, sweet. Uh, I should link that with my Voodoo. Oh, wait, it's Apple. It doesn't yeah, link with it, anything. That's just, yeah, yeah. just uh, which pisses me off because I loved Greenland. I want that in my Voodoo. Nope. Well, it's in my Apple iTunes. <laughs> well, I wonder what they obviously had some sort of a deal that they did. Well, I mean, Apple. it was also at that time when, was that 2020? I mean... They're they're taking deals with whoever they can get. Who gets? Yeah. The, if Apple gave them the best deal, they're going to Apple. And then it's proprietary. Which, which same applies to that Tom Hanks war movie. It's only on Apple, to my knowledge. That I don't know even remember what it's called. It was a good movie. Yeah. But it was supposed to get a theatrical release, and it Apple. And I don't think it's on you on uh, Voodoo. Give it a year or two when your service is doing no business whatsoever. Yep. I'll find a way to link up with some other thing, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Talk everybody me, I but didn't... Apple. Not not Apple, but everybody else. Yeah. They're awesome. <laughs> All right. The title of this episode is Megan F-U-X. That's, that's the title. <laughs> right. It is Megan. It's, it's Megan. It's that's Megan. how it w- I watched Transformers again. <laughs> Why would they say the actress's name in Transformers? They don't. Eh. But no, just because you say eh doesn't make it true. <laughs> that's what she was. That's how she was going by back in back no. in the day. It's... I have never heard her call, be called Megan Fo- or Megan Fox. That's All see right. you next time, folks. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Now we got to settle this. Let's go to ah. Yeah. Go on to your fake news.com. <laughs> Whatever. I'm sorry that we don't all have QAnon as our homepage like you. <laughs> or OAN. That's where you're getting your information from. Uh, how to say Megan Fox. No. Nope. Oh, hold on. Here we go. Okay. This will be the end of the show, so be quiet. I got to unplug the thing here. Let's see. Oh, let me guess, you're going to give me an ad. Mugini Fusk. Mugini Fusk. Mugini Fusk. Okay, <laughs> well, the new title of the episode is Mugini Fusks. <laughs> Fusks. <laughs> oh, All right, perfect. see you next time. <clears throat> yep. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash Movie Freaks Pod on Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.